Lead Time is a podcast of the Unite Leadership Collective, hosted by Tim Allman and Jack Kalliberg. Lead Time taps into biblical wisdom for practical solutions to today's burning issues. Each podcast confronts real-time struggles facing the local church in a post-Christian culture. Step into the action with the ULC at uniteleadership.org. This is Lead Time. Happy day. Welcome to Lead Time. Tim Allman here with Jack Kalberg. I pray the joy of Jesus Welcome. is your strength today as we dig into attract. Church engagement model, attract, get, retain, grow, and multiply. Today is a deep dive onto the, the theme of attract. Now, one, Jesus is very attractive. I hope that that language for you is not repulsive. Jesus invites us to himself out of his mercy and love. So attract, especially as it relates to the church, is not a, it's not a four-letter word. It's a very, very necessary word, especially as we're trying to invite many people who are far from Jesus into a relationship with Jesus. But before we really talk about attract, what are we attracting people toward? So go deep, yeah. Jack, into the the big why. We hone into our big why, 20 campuses, 20 years. We need to multiply disciples. We need to move from consumer to contributor to get to that point. But talk about the necessity of the, the big why as it relates to attract. Yeah, I think um, let's back up a little bit and just kind of make sure we understand that when we're engaging people mm-hmm. in the theme of attract, we're engaging people in a stage of relationship where the key thing that they're asking for themselves is, I want to know more. Mm-hmm. I want to know more. So if They're you curious. know in your mm-hmm. mind, that's what you're trying to have a conversation around or provide value towards. Uh, and check out our video that introduces the, the idea of engagement um, if you want to learn more about that. In order to provide that value, you have to understand that value in yourself. And when I mean you're in yourself, I mean in your organization, right? So um, in the book, Good to Great, um, it was Jim Collins, right? Um, right. Talked about something called the hedgehog concept. <clears throat> so in the hedgehog concept, he says, hey, great organizations, they know beyond a shadow of a doubt three things about themselves. They know what they're passionate about. They know what they're great at, like what they, he would use the term best in the world at, right? So oh, you're an ex, you have expertise in this and you know what the resources are that drive drive your operation. So it, it, you know, whether it's giving or tuition or, you know, in a business, uh, what kind of thing is driving their revenue, they know that really well. So they've got that in their mind, they've driven it, and it permeates the language that they use, right? So starting to think about mission statement and organizational values. Tim, you and I, we, we spent <laughs> quite a long time yeah, in the Christ Greenfield concept, uh, um, context developing this this mission language that was a big deal for us because when we go out to reach when we go out to market when we go out to attract we're only doing that from the context of what we know we are we can't deliver something that's false we have to deliver something that's true if we want to start an attractional relationship with people and it also becomes a filter right i know we know because of who we are and what we could be good at that we have to limit our conversations to certain areas of things yeah. um, and give ourselves permission to not necessarily have to talk about other things that maybe other people that might be their expertise so let's so that would be the first really, thing is yeah. big why right? right let's get really practical though um 
does the pastor and maybe a, a group of elders or something, does he just get into a room and they kind of discern, I think we're really good at this, uh, or maybe a better way, do, do they use some sort of survey of those internally and externally? They could be a net promoter score or something like that to try to figure out what, it's not just what we're passionate about this, but our customer and you always yep. engage with someone as a customer before they become a contributor. There's that customer. You're providing word and sacrament for them. They're consuming. So uh, do they go to market at all to figure out what they're world class at? Yeah, they they could. Um, so what, what we talk about the net promoter survey, and we're big fans of that. So um, the net promoter survey, if you've ever answered a, a survey that says on a scale of one to 10, how likely are you to rec- recommend something that's called a net promoter? It's a it's a, a baseline tool that's used in marketing. Um, and if you understand how to use that tool well, it actually is a legitimate predictor of the growth of your brand. Okay. Um, one of the key things about that survey is providing open-ended questions about uh, trying to understand why they gave the answer that they did. And if you can actually go through and spend time discerning the comments that people give, either on the very, very positive end or on the negative end, you can start to shape a story about what your value proposition is to your customer. Um, That's either a good thing or a bad thing. You may realize some things about your organization that you you don't like. Like we're getting kudos for things that we didn't intend to get kudos for. And we're getting, you know, uh, critiques for things that we thought we were great at. So this is, again, getting into the theme of knowing yourself, right? Uh, Is your perception of your organization the same thing as the perception of your audience? And hopefully these things are in alignment. If they're not, you got a lot of work to do. Um, My suggestion before an organization spends even a single penny on marketing is that they do these types of analysis. They do the net promoter analysis to really understand what their baseline is. Are are the people, the audience that we have right now, the people that we're in relationship with right now, are they stark raving uh, lunatic fans of this organization? They just can't help but tell every single person about it. Or are they on the fence and they're waiting for another alternative um, to get involved in? Mm. That's a big deal. We need to know that. Um, And here's the other thing, too, is when we think about the idea of attract, you know, the the traditional model is, hey, I'm going to go buy advertising. There's no more powerful advertising than the testimony of the people that are promoters of your organization. Not a single thing is more powerful than that. Um, And they're going to connect to the people that are kind of more like them. Right. So if you if so now we're defining the organization, you're also defining the audience that you're reaching with. So um, part of this process, well, we, we call it creating a persona. Right. We, we think of our persona as the green family and you're kind of stereotyping a little bit, but it's it, on the average. It's a true stereotype. Right. There's a certain type of family that the green family looks like for us when we're reaching it in our context. Another church is going to have a very different context. The Smith family is going to look different than the Green family. So the value proposition for them is going to be maybe a little different or a lot different. And the comments that they're going to give in their net promoter, you would expect to be different comments or come from a different place. So you need to know yourself as an organization. You need to be very intentional about are the vision language that we're using the right vision language 
that meets the, the sort of the values and the passions of leadership and the audience that we're trying to reach, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Do you know your audience really well? Have you surveyed the people that are already connected with you? And are they passionate, passionate fans? Right. Now, I'm going to stop here and pause because I think this is a very important thing to share. One of the most powerful brands out there, um, one of the most powerful, fastest growing uh, grocery store chains is Trader Joe's, right? right? Um, Trader Joe's spends zero dollars, pretty much zero dollars on online advertising. Pretty unbelievable. Um, the reason they can do that is because their brand is so powerful that the people that shop there can't stop talking about how much they love Trader Joe's, right? right? And that's how they grow. They grow by word of mouth. And other people that love Trader Joe's will create like Facebook pages to petition Trader Joe's to come and, you know, start up a location in their town because we don't have Trader Joe's here. And when they announce that Trader Joe's is happening, it's like the biggest news. Hey, we're getting the Trader Joe's, right? right? So they've come to learn the power of brand as a relationship that they have with their audience where they have kind of said, this is what gives them value. And we're going to just like really, really powerfully invest in that. And we're going to discard all the things that we know doesn't give them value. So, you know, it, it's a very different experience shopping in Trader Joe's than it is in the big box, you know, Costco. is a very different thing. People love Costco for different reasons, right? If you look at why people would promote one versus the other, it's a whole different value set. Trader Joe's is about convenience. Costco is about savings, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you go to Costco and it's almost like the experience is intentionally hostile mm-hmm. and they're proud of it because all of the things that they're doing to make things a difficult experience is, hey, they're saving, they're shaving money off of this and I'm getting a cheaper deal. That's what they want. Right. Different experience in Trader Joe's. So they've thought very intentionally about it and it's the power of the brand that sells it. People want to know more. I want to know more about Trader Joe's because this person who's my friend can't stop talking about them, right? So good. You talked about uh, you've got various passions. You've got you've got things that a church is maybe good at, known for. The brand is starting to gain some positive momentum, and then you could start to use some some resources toward mm-hmm. toward attract. Give us some right. examples of, in addition to word of mouth, definitely inexpensive. Yeah. That's the best way to go. But in addition to that, <laughs> uh, what what could churches start to do in terms of resources around attract? So the first thing to know is, uh, let's say um, you've, you've gotten a pro- proper progress on these other things that we're talking about. You know who you are. You've, mm-hmm. you've got a big why. You're out in alignment and giving value to the people that are your audience. What's the next thing? The next thing you need to look at is your website. Number one, um, a lot of churches still don't understand this, um, that the front door of your church is not the literal front door of the church. Uh, It's not the parking lot experience. It's actually the website experience that people have before they step foot on your campus. Um, They will probably have looked at your website multiple times. And so every single church has to have a really polished uh, website that is guest-oriented. And I think one of the failures of churches is the temptation to take the website and make it (laughs) member-oriented. So these are people who are in a different stage of the engagement model. They're people in the, you know, in the grow 
and multiply stage, they've got a different need for communication than the person in the attract, get, retain stage. The person in the attract, get, retain stage, they don't have insider knowledge. They're outsiders. And they need a website experience, uh, experience that assumes that they're outsiders looking in saying, I want to know more versus I already know what I want to do and I just want you to give me certain things convenient at my fingertips. That's a, a whole different whole different area of value that you're trying to speak into. So the website's got to be very, very clean, uncluttered, and it has to be very much specifically curated to that guest experience. It is a guest portal more than it is anything else, um, any other use case. So people, you know, they're going to search churches near me, right? And so you also have to optimize your website so that it is search friendly. And, you know, we can, we can go on to technical things here, but we don't have time to, to give a technical, you know, analysis of how you construct a website. You just need to know that it's going to be guest friendly from an experience perspective, and it's going to be optimized from a search engine SEO. so that when people say church near me, then it's mm-hmm. going to be your local church, you know, Trinity or whatever, uh, uh, Grace, Lutheran or whatever, whatever church it is, that's going to pop up in that person's search. They're searching for you. And that's what we call inbound traffic. Now, the quality of your website is going to be a factor of that in terms of its searchability. The other part then is you can get into paying <laughs> for more for more eyeballs to look at your website. That's where you start to get into purchasing online advertising. Google ads is a big one. A lot of people don't know this. Yeah, yeah. A little bit of a, a best kept secret, but... As far as I know, every church I've ever met, they're a nonprofit. And um, every single nonprofit, um, including churches, has the ability to apply for something called Google Grants. Google Grants gives you up to $10,000 a month in uh, free advertising uh, from Google, uh, Google AdWords. And uh, if you know nothing, here's what I would say. If you know nothing about... uh, websites and online advertising. Um, I'm not recommending that you go and take a course. You may be passionate about to go take a course on SEO and website development, but you're probably better off outsourcing that. Mm -hmm. Um, we've We've done a lot of outsourcing in our own ministry context, and we're in the process of building up a team you know, that will be able to do more and more of that type of stuff in-house. And if you can get to that point with resources where you can do that in-house, you may get better results because you're going to, you know, it's like a rental versus something that you own. You treat it differently. So um, you may have a team that gives even more care to that experience. Um. Let's take another step free on that. So we got website and we've got the search engine and searchability and the search ads that go to that website. Let's go to another piece, which is other parts of your um, online presence. And that would be attractional content. Mm -hmm. Now, that's where we start to get into some of these other platforms like YouTube or Facebook or Instagram, that your ministry is providing content that content is meeting a certain type of value for your audience. And because you're meeting that value for them, they want to know more, mm-hmm. right? Um, so let's think about that. Where where have we seen in the church um, valuable content 
that's being given that causes people to want to know more? What, what have you seen, Tim? I think a lot of times, you know, pastors will say, oh, my sermon, I'm just going to throw my sermon up there. And, and that's great. Actually, uh, it may have a negative return over over time. Uh, statistics have mm-hmm. found that the, lo- the shorter the video from the two to five minute category, you're going to get a lot more eyeballs on that sort of content. So one thing you could do, Pastor, and you don't have to have a full communications team with, you know, high tech cameras for whatever. Just take out your phone and start build up your Facebook and Instagram following and give a two to five minute kind of overview of what of what the Lord tell a story, how it applied to your life. Get super, super simple. What we what we do at Christ Greenfield is is the daily and it's just a two to five minute devotional connected to the sermon. So you will get a lot more eyeballs, more consistent and shorter, more engaging uh, content, because that's really what we're getting after is is engagement here. Right, Jack, at the attract. Mm-hmm. Uh, if someone is yep. not intimately connected, the people that listen to the entire message they're members at Christ Greenfield, or they've had some sort of a good experience with us over multiple years. And so they're going to listen to me they go missed on and worship on. maybe yeah, and they're exactly. on vacation. Exactly. Right? But this is not, that's not attractional. That's, that's grow. Right. That's grow. That's growing. So shorter, shorter video content. And, and pastor, you are a wonderful theologian. People love listening to you talk about Jesus connected to the word of God. Just do it more consistently in shorter sound bites. Yeah. Here, here's another thing to think about is um, there are people that have your church as their church home. Mm-hmm. And they think of you as if you're the pastor, they think of you as their pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, but just because they come to your church and they think of you as your pastor doesn't mean that they think of you exclusively as their source of theological wisdom. True. They are going online and asking questions that they have about the Bible. And they're eager to hear what you have to say, but they're also eager to hear what other people have to say about it. Mm-hmm. And so that's something for the, the local church to know is that you have an opportunity to engage in conversation with people that are curious about church, curious about faith, maybe um, connected to a church, but it's not really the right church experience for them. So I don't want to say that we're stealing people from other church. That's not where I'm trying to get at. But there may be people that are underserved in their current context where you have an opportunity to serve them. And this is all in the area of, of attract because you're giving them something valuable, right? It may, be, um, it may be some sort of insight into the Bible, or it might be just some insights into life in general, right? Uh, think about what we're doing here in the ULC. This is a lot of what we're talking about, we we bring up scripture, but you know it's a, it's a smaller percentage. Where it's very very practical what we're doing here, so it's it's meeting a specific felt need. So you have an opportunity to provide value, and when you provide value, they say I want to know more, and so then that be- becomes you know later on when we talk about retain repeated value, repeated mm-hmm. repeated interactions with people. Yeah, um, exactly. So it. It's not going to be the 20-minute sermon. Most people, when they see a video that that's long, that, that, that's getting beyond what they want to look at. Right. But it may be two or three minutes of a highlight of a sermon where you mm-hmm. think this would be something that we think um, a guest might be very interested in hearing yeah. about. Or somebody who's just exploring faith might be very interested in hearing about. And yeah. so then you curate that and you and you work very intentionally. And then you could even say, well, we're going to intentionally create content on that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's some of the stuff that we're working with uh, CG Studio and Red Braille. Right. So, so yeah. three different things on Attract that you have heard so far. Let me just summarize. Check out your website. Two, 
If you can, invest in a partner uh, to help with your search engine optimization, SEO, that's wonderful, and develop some sort of a rhythm of putting out valuable content, especially based on felt needs uh, that are going to draw people into a relationship with you. What's hard for me to fathom, Jack, especially over the last two and a half years, and, and it's, it's strange. I think as a pastor, as a leader, you just have to acknowledge that this is unusual. They have had, the, the folks that have come into our community um, have had a much longer relationship with me and Christ Greenfield than we've had with them. They've not even identified yeah. themselves. There was just a family that came yeah. out of worship yesterday, Jack, who says, we've been <laughs> with you for the last year and a half. This is our first time at church. Remotely, right? They've been, just, uh, yeah, yeah, first time at church, first time ever kind of meeting me or whatever and and getting to know who we are. They've just now maybe because of COVID or whatever felt felt safe. Um so great. <laughs> we're moving yeah. from we're moving from consumer moving. to contributor. <laughs> contributor. You know, yeah. They've been attracted. And now I would say even coming to church, if they're coming to church, they want to grow with you. And we're going to get to that in, in just a in just a little bit. So any last word of encouragement? Uh, one I thing I would give, if you want a primer, if you want a book that's a wonderful, wonderful book just around yeah. attract as it relates to especially your social media presence. The Connected Church by yes. Nachi Lazarus. So look up yep. The Connected Church by Lazarus. And uh, that, that's a one great more last book. name. Raise up. One more dad. book I'm going to recommend is uh, Rethink Communication. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember the name of the um, right. author on that. Just read um, we'll, you know, we'll follow up with notes on this. Um, but that's a great book as well. Kind of really systematizes your, your communication process. Yeah, so here's, here's kind of a last... Last word of encouragement. Um, we teach the uh, lean startup model here that it's build, measure, learn, build, measure, learn. Um, the attract, the area of attract is very much uh, where you get to live that out. Yeah. That you're actually running a series of small uh, experiments. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't think that you're betting, you know, the farm on any one little thing. It's actually, you know, hundreds of small little experiments that you get to do to continue to refine. That's definitely the way things work with SEO. That's definitely the way things work with creative content. That is definitely the way things work when you think about refining the quality of your net promoter score. It's not about perfection. It's about progress Mm -hmm. towards excellence. And excellence, again, is experienced from the mind of the audience that you're trying to reach, just trying to figure out how do I exceed their expectations? That's right. Um, One final word of encouragement is do something. Like if the Holy Spirit puts something in your heart. So the one touch, (laughs) one touch rule, I think you can, when you're talking to Tract or this whole engagement, it's just you get overwhelmed. Ah! If the Holy Spirit gives to you and your team one right next step, do it. Just do it. Don't mm-hmm. wait. Don't wait. Don't try to come at it from all. Just, just try. You're gonna. It's not gonna be perfect. Build, measure, learn. Just like you said. Um, but get it out of your head, out of your heart, out into the internet, and and just your brand will grow just naturally as you start to build that we, we used to do, like we ran this experiment. It was good, but we think we can take the next step. And, and before mm-hmm. you know it, you've got a whole, and this is kind of what's been crazy at Christ Greenfield. You've got a whole catalog of, of content, both that you're producing and that you're curating for the body of Christ to continue to be attracted all the way to become a uh, contributor in the mission of Jesus, a sharer of, of wonderful content to point people to Christ that at the end of the day, 
We don't want we don't want people to be attracted to Christ Greenfield. We want people to be attracted to to Christ. And and the Amen. the hope of the world is is the local church. People going on mission in their neighborhoods to advance the cause of Christ. And we are unashamed of the gospel, wanting to get the message of Jesus out. And we will do anything. Thank you, Craig Rochelle, short of sin, uh, to advance the cause of Christ. Thanks for joining us today on Lead Time. The next time we get together, we will move from attract to get. This conversation is probably going to be a little bit more focused. There are some very specific things that you have to do, uh, leader, as you get people into your church. We'll see you next time on Lead Time. Sharing is caring. It's a good day. Go and make it a great day. Peace. Thanks, Jack. Good work. God bless. You've been listening to Lead Time, a podcast of the Unite Leadership Collective. The ULC consults and brings together cohorts of congregations to build the culture, systems, and structures of intentional discipleship multiplication. To go deeper with us, create a free login on uniteleadership.org for access to exclusive materials and resources. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for next week's episode.